Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Yes, welcome to it. It is Off the Bench, Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews. Of course, Sat's coming uh, from our Sydney studios today. You're getting um, ready to call the West Tigers and the Warriors later on. Yeah, exactly. And doing it from Balmain Hotel, actually, right in the heart of the Tigers supporters, Tigers territory. So really looking forward to that, actually. And it's an interesting round, this round, really difficult round, Woogie and listeners, when it comes to your, your picks this week. Really yeah. difficult round to pick. Well, it's multicultural round two in the NRL, which is, it is wonderful. But it can almost there's almost an argument as well that it's rivalry round. Yeah, absolutely. And it started off with that rivalry Thursday night, uh, which is at Wollongong, in horrendous conditions. Um, eventually taken out by the Sharks, 36-12. But what I've got to say is ten, just over 10,000 fans in Wollongong and what was an absolute dismal night of weather. And I've got to say, they are the, they are the true rugby league fans if you can brave those gong. conditions. Yeah, that's, and more than, a, that's more than the Roosters that get to a fine sunny afternoon. At the to, SCG. At the SCG mm. to a game. So... Well done. Well done, St. George Illawarra fans. Well, they don't get a lot of football down there, so it's good to see, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And it's still a bit of controversy from that game in relation to the sin, bin, sin binnings and HIA as well, the same arguments we have each and every week. Is that a concern for uh, St. George with Jaden Sewer seemingly to spend a bit of time in the dressing rooms, 10 minutes every game? Do you know it is if it happens every week? Um Last week against Penrith, I thought he was hard done by, to be yes, quite honest. Yes, But I think under the current rules, and this is no secret that the NRL were going to sin bin contact with the head because we saw it in the trials, and and they've stayed consistent. And, and I look at the Jaden Sewer hit, and I've got to say, I'm a Jaden Sewer fan. I love how aggressive he is, but he is going to have to change his technique because in years gone by, his technique would have been accepted, which is you start low yeah. and all of a sudden you pop up at the last moment. Trevor Gilmeister was great for it. And your shoulder would hit you the person on the chin. And that's exactly what Sewer did. Sewer had so many other options he could have taken, but he didn't bend his back. Mm. And um, unfortunately, he spent 10 minutes in the sin bin. And, and it cost them as well. Cronulla scored points. Hey, during the week, you and Badge caught up with Newcastle Knights head coach Adam O'Brien uh, ahead of their great game against Panthers coming up at Carrington Park in Bathurst. Great hamburgers there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should ask him about that. Well, actually, oh, he, he, I he probably won't. I he did. probably won't try them. Why not? See, this is the problem with coaches. They take the game too seriously. No, no, no. It's because when you go to these regional areas, yeah. it doesn't matter when you're with an NRL team, everything is catered for you in the dressing shed. So, Well, that's boring, the, mate. That's boring. Well, exactly. When you go to these regional areas, you should every player and every coach should be told they've got to go and line up. Walk around. At the cafeteria, at the yep. canteen. Yep. Get your burger. Hot chips. Hot chips and a chalky milk before kickoff. Oh, nothing <laughs> wrong with it, mate. Exactly. This is exactly. The, this is why the game's becoming sterile. <laughs> I remember once I even offered to share my hamburger at, at Carrington Park with Hook. 
And and he did say no. This is when he was coaching Penrith. He did say no, but well, he was said no because he's from Rockhampton, and that's where the best that's right. comes from. Plus, I go. had a lot of I had sauce and beetroot stains down my shirt, so mm. uh, he was probably thinking this guy doesn't even work for a radio station, does he? <laughs> he's just this, this guy <laughs> should have an AVO against this guy. <laughs> uh, so yeah. we've got that interview of Adam O'Brien coming up. Uh, he tips for round three, but let's have a look at this. Time on Off The Bench to look back on the news of the week. Sats, I want to ask you about a team that I think uh, has started off pretty well this year. Two rounds in and they're undefeated. And as we are just talking about, top of the table clash against the Panthers this week. Well, what do you make of Newcastle and, and, and what do you like? What I like about them is they've, they're proving me wrong because I thought they were going to be one of the sides. And again, we're only two weeks in, but the, the signs that they're showing... Jason, listeners, is that um, they seem to be a, a side that we, is going to follow the trajectory of them last year as well. So um, in saying that, what I, what I love about this Newcastle side is they're keeping it really simple. And at the start of the year, all you've got to do is play really fast and play really simple. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're very well coached by Adam O'Brien. We're going to hear from him really soon. And we had a really good chat with him, and it's funny we we we've interviewed him um, in the last couple of years, and mm. this interview we had with him, I found him the most relaxed. Well, he's not under and, pressure at the moment, is he? Yeah, but also he wasn't because he's now used to he's in the routine of being a head coach, not new to the game. He's still learning how to deal with the media on a day to day basis, and all these different players, these moving parts. Mm. He seems a little bit more relaxed because he's in the groove now. And yes, they yeah. won the first two, and they've done it really impressively as well, but. He just feels comfortable in his own skin at the moment, and that's a good position to be in when you're a side that has lost one of their key players, Jaden Braley, their hooker for the entire well, – looks like the entire yeah, season. Yeah. Your backs are against the wall. Kalen Pong is not playing last week. It's a Sunday afternoon. And the weather is beautiful. 25,000. The place is packed, yeah, and yeah. they come out and put a performance on like they did against the West Tigers. It's it's really impressive. Sats, a lot's been made of Dane Gagai and his performance, and I'm I'm missing him at South Sydney, I can tell you that much. Mm. But is there a sprinkle of magic dust from Joey Johns? Because the halves combo, Jake Clifford and Adam Clune, have been sensational. Yeah, I've got to say, I've always been really sort of sceptical around certain players going and doing one-on-one coaching with players because they see the game completely differently. I mean, I had Wally Lawson as a coach and we loved him as a young guy. He gave us opportunities in first grade as 19-year-olds. But in saying that as well, he saw the game completely differently and, and couldn't communicate that and translate it to to real life with players. And he really struggled with that. And sometimes the great players really struggle because – they can see what they can see. They can't understand why others can't see it. And when Joey was going to go do work with Newcastle, I thought, oh, these two halves, these young halves like Clune and Clifford, are they going to be able to understand Joey's language, the way that he sees the game? And now breaking it down and talking to Danny Badiris, and I've been speaking to a couple of their staff members at Newcastle, Joey's kept everything really simple. Mm. He said there's three fundamentals you've got to know as a halfback, and you've just got to do everything you can at speed. And then there's the kicking game as well. And they've been really impressed with how simple he's been. And, and you can see it in Adam Clune and Jake Clifford's game as well. That mm. They are playing really simple, but they're doing everything at breakneck speed. And that's what you've got to do as a half. So, yeah, Joey and along with a, a lot of other people in that club at the moment, they're all doing their jobs really well. But Adam O'Brien seems to be doing a really good overarching role. And what I mean by that is he coach 
sets the plans, has his philosophies, uh, and communicates to his staff, you know, what they want to get out of each and every session and sits back and just surveys the land and, and ensures that everyone's doing their job. And they seem to be doing everything beautifully at the moment. Yeah. This is a huge test. Even though the Panthers are without, I think they've only got five or five players from last year's grand final team playing on the weekend. No James Fisher-Harris, Liam Martin's out, Nathan Cleary's still out. It's still a huge test because it's a little bit like Melbourne, Jace. You when you go and play Melbourne and they've got a heap of injuries, you're not playing Melbourne, you play the jersey yep. and what it represents and the player that steps in their place. And that's what Panthers are now becoming. They're becoming that team also. Oh, mate, I've been bitten that many times backing against the Storm and I'm thinking, too many out, not a chance. Same with the Panthers mm. Panthers last year as well. That certainly that did happen. Uh, on the subject of Joey, just uh, Michael Maguire shot down the immortal uh, over claims that under fire halfback Luke Brooks needs to leave the Tigers to realise his potential in the NRL. Now, Joey goes, he's only scored about 40-odd, you know, tries in about, you know, 170 games or something. Mm. Is, there, is there anything to this, Sats? What are your thoughts? And I know you're a oh. fan of Michael Maguire. Now, put park that to the side. Yeah. What, what, what do you think of Joey's comments? Is he right? Is Would Brooks be a better player at a different club? Well, wherever you go, you take yourself, don't you? So... Wherever Luke Brooks is going to go, he is going to face obstacles, and it's how he answers those obstacles. Can, can I stop you there? But yep. Having, didn't you find that when you played in a better team, you rose to that standard? Oh, different things happen in your life that make you a, a better player. I think something off the field that happens to every player and, and makes them more mature and, and play better rugby league. What about the people around you? Yeah, the people around you, they do a great job. But individually yourself, Luke Brooks at the moment, is it's about Luke Brooks. It's about getting him to play really good rugby league. And he wears a, a jersey with the number seven on the back of it, which means he is taking the responsibility of the side. And he's had that responsibility for a while. Dallium halfback when Ivan Cleary was there. Yeah, it's fair to say that his form has gone down. Maybe Michael Maguire's form of coaching doesn't suit Luke Brooks. Um, but that's not anything to do with skill level or the speed that you play the game at or whether you can defend well or whether you can read the game well. He's had that in his game. He's proven that he's got that in his game. But he's now got to just say to himself, Luke Brooks, is that, you know what, it, I've got a really good contract here. I'm getting paid really handsomely to play rugby league and I've got the responsibility to turn the fortunes of the West Tigers around and be that white knight, the man that's responsible for that. And... Sometimes you do that in spite of the coach if you don't have a relationship with the coach. Now, yeah. I don't know whether they have got a good relationship or not, but if Luke Brooks goes from the West Tigers and goes to, for argument's sake, the Bulldogs, is that going to make him a better player? Not because of the players around him. It's just because of Luke Brooks. Luke Brooks has got to say to himself, I'm going to grab this team and I'm going to take them forward and I'm not going to let anyone stand in front of me because I am the halfback and I am the person that's got to control this side. And... Where, whatever club he goes, even if he went to the Melbourne Storm, there's more pressure on you at the Melbourne Storm than there is at the West Tigers mm. to perform. But has the, Luke but, Brooks but got think, the emotion? Has he got the emotional intelligence to be able to handle that pressure? But it's but don't you think it's also about the talent, the cattle around you? You know, your your six, your your nine, your forwards. Okay, what about the argument of a halfback that makes the players around them better? Yeah, well, I mean, there yeah, are that's players. There's been yeah, halfbacks. Yeah. There's been halfbacks that that make other players around them better be, because of the way they want to take the game on and the way they want to try and educate the players around them. There's been some 
horror Newcastle sides over the years when Joey was playing, but he made players around him look so much better. I look at okay. yeah. you know, Cam Munster and Cam Smith and Cooper Cronk where Melbourne for years had three big players and they basically just filled all the holes around them. And then those players became better because they played with really good players. Now, there's no guarantee that if Luke Brooks goes to a South Sydney or whatever it may be that he would be a better player mm. because he's got a he's got a battle within himself first as opposed to a battle with anything outside. Mm. And he's yeah. got to he's got to try and get that monkey off his back and so, and lead his team to a final series. Watching that West Tigers doco last year, Sats, it, it seemed like he wasn't a big talker. You've you've seen Brooks live a lot. Is he a big talker on the field? Is he that sort of player that gets the no, team? No, he's not. Maybe that's part of the problem. Well, you don't have to be as long as you've got a, a number six around you that is willing to to do that. And that's what well, Jackson he's Hastings out. will do. I oh, know, but he's out. Justin, Jackson Hastings will invariably take that role on when he comes back. Um, but who Luke does Brooks, it this week? Who does it this week? Who does it for the next three weeks while he's out? And Adam Dewey's not there. Adam Dewey's a leader. He should be the captain of that club when he comes mm. back. He should be the full-time captain. Bugger the five captains. But who's going to be that voice then? This is where Brooks should step up. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's him and not everyone else around him. Yeah, you know, he's a... He's a small talker, not a close talker, like on Seinfeld. But he's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a small talker. He talks to those ones, those players around him, which is really good. It can hurt you and it can harm you if you deal, if you're just dealing with the immediate people around you. If you're just coming up with little plots, and everyone else doesn't know about it, that can be dangerous. But it's also the style of player that he is. I've watched him closely over the years, and he's a real, he's a, he's a short talker around the players around him. And does he have to learn how to take control of the game? Yeah, he does. But some players just don't have it in them, and they will never have it in them. But they can, they can still have a huge influence on a game just by the way and their actions, the way they play. And he's an amazing player, Luke Brooks. And I've seen some games where he has been one of the most dominant halves in the comp, the overall comp, mm. for a number of weeks. So he's got it in him. He knows he can do it. It's just trying to find that, that rhythm that allows him to, to play that way. And the only one that control, can control it is him. Okay. He can't get anyone else to do it. It's that time for an off-the-bench Friday night preview. Boy, I'm nervous. It's a big match tonight. The Rabbitohs versus the Roosters. Yes, it could be classed as the grudge, grudge match of the year. Of course, the last time they met, Latrell Mitchell unfairly um, put on report and suspended for six <laughs> weeks for, for a love tap. On his mm. on his mate, but uh, and he's that's been reduced. Isn't it interesting though? Is there anything in this that's that this was the game that Latrell was meant to be coming back for? Do you reckon yeah. the NRL have set it up that way? The grudge match to make sure that they waited for Latrell to come back before scheduling this game. Surely no they way. did. They, yes, they, they would have done that. They no. would have done that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think they uh, would have played a role um, because the NRL is all about events and. And promotion of the game, and they've um, they've had a great week in relation to to building this match up. It, even if Latrell didn't play, sorry, even if um, Latrell uh, wasn't going to be able to play for whatever reason, it's still it's still got that spite in this game, uh, the Roosters and the yeah, and um, and the Bunnies, and it, it all comes back to the amount of players that the Roosters have stolen, stolen from the Bunnies over many many years. You Thank you, Scott. Ju- Thank you. Well, they they haven't had a junior competition for a lot of years, the Roosters, or a consistent one. So, I suppose their their whole um, 
plan has been always about just um, going into enemy territory in a couple of suburbs over, and they've been very successful in doing it. I mean, one of the most recent ones was was Angus Crichton, wasn't it? Who, mm. yes, he was a rugby union boy, school boy, I think, in the eastern suburbs, and but he started his career with South, and Roosters got him back. Um, but this matchup between not only the sides but Latrell and Joey Manu, who you got to remember were very close, won a couple of comps together, were really close friends as well. Well, they still are off the field, but at that stage, you could you could tell and in, in the in the weeks after that that friendship had been strained a little bit. Now I've got no doubt that, that they would have kissed and made up without a doubt. But the one thing that stood out for me last year in that game when Latrell was sin uh, sin binned and put on report, given six weeks suspension, was the reaction from Jared Warrior Hargraves, who wasn't playing who was on the sideline, was really animated. You could see he was absolutely disgusted in the actions of his former teammate. Confronted him in the tunnel as well. And when Luttrell said to Jared Warrior Hargraves, how's Joey? The response was, how do you think it is? How do you think he is? You've just crushed his face in. Mm -hmm. So even though they're all very good friends, the minute that whistle goes and Jared Warrior Hargraves' eyes start flickering, (laughs) He'll go after Latrell any chance he can. I hope he and does. That's too. what I'm looking forward to. That's I hope he I'm does, really, and, and I hope he gets and sent will off. Welcome it. I hope he gets <laughs> sent Lat- off. Latrell will welcome it. Um, but the yeah, the other matchup I think that has really gone, I think it, it's it's gone unreported, and one that I'm really looking forward to is the two rookie halves, Lachlan Ilias up yeah. against Sam Walker. I mean, that could in that could invariably force the issue in relation to who wins this game. So. Yeah. What do you make of the Roosters' start to the season? Um, well, round one was really poor, and that was that was obviously against the Newcastle Knights. Um, last week, they were a bit better. They were a bit better. They've made a change to their side with Angus Crichton going to the bench and Nat Butcher, who scored two tries last week, going into the starting line. He's a good player. But you look across their side, it's a, it's a, it's a quality side. You know, Luke Keary coming back, they're a different side when Luke Keary will get a little bit more running back in his legs. Their forward pack is a really good forward pack. They're still missing uh, a genuine number nine. Connor Watson is is not a number nine. And um, Sam Verrills is still a return from, from injury as well. So when they get Sammy Verrills back, they'll be a lot better side, and that means they'll allow Connor Watson to come off the bench. But what a side. Yeah, you look at their yeah. forward pack. Lindsay Collins, uh, Siwa Takiaho, Tupanua, Victor Radley, um, you've got young Fletcher Baker, who's going to be a superstar. Angus yep. Crichton, Jared Rhea Hargraves right, on the Sats. bench. It's a we've got to wrap an up. Awesome team. Who wins? Uh, I'm going the Roosters, and I'm going the Roosters about 22 what? points to 18. Alrighty, Rabbitohs for me, of mm. course. We've got to get to a break. This is off the bench. Back in a mo. This is off the bench. NRL. We'll be back soon.